Welcome to Network, a production of Evangelism Ministries of the Georgia Baptist Convention. Welcome to Network, the show that helps pastors and churches cast the net of the gospel. I'm your host, Joel Sutherland. Today, I'm joined in studio with uh, one of our evangelism consultants, Scott Smith. Scott, welcome to the program. Hey, it's great to be back, Joel. Thanks. And then also join, joining us from Arizona is our newest consultant. I would say brand new. That's not exactly correct. What would the term be? Retread? Re, 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 <laughs> that's a good one. Re, re, there's Randy Mullinax. Randy, welcome to Evangelism Ministries and to Network. Man, it is great to join you. We're thrilled that you're back on board with us in Evangelism Ministries, and uh, we'll be by the time this airs, you will be in Georgia. But now you are in Arizona, joining us very early in the morning from Arizona, and we're thankful to have you on board. Uh, one of the great things, to be here. Uh, thanks, Randy. One of the things we talk about in Evangelism Ministries, one of our six E principles, is that total Sunday morning experience that includes everything from an evangelistic sermon, music, an evangelistic uh, service. Uh, but it starts when guests pull on the parking lot and it doesn't end until they really pull off and it doesn't end there, uh, pull off the parking lot and it doesn't end there either. And a lot of churches have difficulty uh, with this. We we put sermons together well, we, we put the music together well, but we fail to realize there are a lot of other elements that go into that Sunday morning experience. So we have a special guest with us today who's going to help walk us through that total Sunday morning experience. Her name is Melanie Smolin, and she is with a company in Missouri called Faith Perceptions. Melanie, welcome to the program. Thank you, Joel, for having me. We're so glad you're here. We're, we're excited about uh, what you're going to be able to share today. Uh, if and Melanie, let me start off by saying faithperceptions.com is your website, correct? Correct. Yes, it is. So if people want to find out more about uh, Faith Perceptions, be sure you go to faithperceptions.com. We'll mention that more than once. But Melanie's, uh, uh, the company she works with, Faith Perceptions, deals with this total Sunday morning experience. And one of the things you do, Melanie, is the idea of the mystery guest worshiper, I guess, in a church service. Melanie, explain a little bit about what is a mystery guest and how did this idea come about for Faith Perceptions? Sure. Well, we're a market research firm, so we we provide information, data for churches, um, looking to know more about what the Sunday morning experience is like from somebody outside of the church, somebody brand new to the church. Um, people new to the church, they could be someone who believes in God, they could be someone who, um, you know, has no faith whatsoever, but are just maybe seeking. Um, so we provide information to church leaders from that perspective. And so um, in, in reference to the Mystery Guest Program, any church that's looking to um, know more about what it's like for someone new to the church um, will hire us to send in mystery guests to their church, people who've never been there before, and, and you should note, Joel, that most of the people that we send to churches are unchurched, so they um, usually don't have a home church or, um, again, as I said, could believe in God or may be seeking. And we'll send those, those folks into the churches that we work with 
to um, just have an experience, come in like they're going to church as usual. And then when they finish going to church, they complete surveys for us, detailing things anywhere from, as, as you talked about, the parking lot, the parking lot, when they enter the signage all the way to the, you know, the music, the sermon, the website, you know, if the church was friendly, would they come back again, why or why not, just detailing the overall experience. And they detail it in two ways, numerically, they rate each experience on a 10-point on a scale, uh, and then they rate it qualitatively. They write about it. They talk about each section of, uh, of you know, each, each question that we ask them about that experience, detailing, you know, what they experienced, who they encountered, how they felt about it. And then once we're done with that, we aggregate that data into a report for churches and uh, help them see what strengths they have on Sunday morning and where there are areas that they might need to improve. And then from there, we just work with them to improve that experience. Okay, I know that, and guys, you jump in whenever you, you, you have a question, but I know the first thing that came to my mind is I, I can hear a pastor or a church leader saying, well, wh- why can't I just do this myself? Wh- why can't I just get some people in my church who come and tell me whether we're doing a good job or not? Well, in, in business. And, and, and you, have to, you have to understand that this, this program started, Faith Perceptions is, is uh, a division of a, of a market research firm that works with small businesses. And um, when it's, we do market research for businesses all the time, and we would never advise a business, nor does a business ask, can I just do this myself? So businesses don't think like that. But churches often do because of finances and resources. Um, so why a church couldn't do this themselves I mean, to us, that's an obvious answer. I mean, do you want an honest answer when yes. you ask somebody? That's that's a good point. That's a good if, point. Do you like? Did you like my church? I mean, if I asked you, Joel, and you came to my church on Sunday morning, did you enjoy, you know, uh, the Sunday morning experience? Did you enjoy coming to my church? Your answer typically would be, yes, it was great. Thank you for having me. It wouldn't be, you know, I just didn't connect with anybody. I didn't, um, you know, the music wasn't very worshipful. Uh, people weren't friendly to me. I couldn't figure out where the restrooms were. I had no idea where to take my kids. People don't share openly that type of feedback when they have to give it directly to the person that's asking. In market research, they're much more um, willing to share that information with a third party. And so that's the big reason why um, we get involved. So can you do it yourself? Sure. But are you going to get authentic research? No. That's good. That's good. It's probably like my wife coming down and saying, how does this dress make me look? <laughs> exactly. You, you know, exactly I'm, I'm kind of in a catch-22 there because I think she always looks good. So I, that's what I'm going to say. And uh, I'm not going to point out details or little things. You know, I love my wife, so she always looks good. Yeah, and, 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 and also in the South, you know, uh, let's face it, in the South we have a problem with uh, folks feel obligated to always say something positive. You know, mm-hmm. we just don't, you know, we kind of, we'll, 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 we'll let it fly at the kitchen table after church. Mm-hmm. But uh, mm-hmm. at church we're going to say, yeah, it was great, it was nice. Um, you know, it's something, too, about why they're there. Um, you know, I remember in, in preaching class in seminary, I know some of our listeners can relate to this, is that when we got when we got down to to sermon delivery class you know the professor reminded us look everybody in your church is going to tell you you did a great job with your sermon even when you didn't but when people are sitting out there with critique sheets in their lap they know they're there to be critical now i mean critical in a constructive way but 
but they listen with a different uh, bent. Here, here's another thing. I've, I've been in different churches. I've probably been in hundreds, literally hundreds of different churches over the course of, you know, the last 20 years of my life. And even though I may go to a church that is new to me, I've never been to before, I'm so familiar with that environment that even I don't notice things as a new person who's in that world all the time. So the fact that, that literally the people that you've got uh, to come in to the to my church and look at my church if I'm a pastor, um, to, to they represent, um, for lack of a better term, our target market, the very people that we're trying to reach who who may not be familiar with that whole church environment, because there are certain things that are in all church environments that, you know, we we just don't pick up on even if it's a new environment for us that are in that world all the time, and these folks are not in that world all the time by 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 your very criteria that they're unchurched. I think that's valuable. That's good. Now, Melly, what's the well, main exactly. goal? Exactly, and I'm sorry. I mean, what is the main goal of what? So you're 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 aggregating this information. I love how you said that. I'm looking at one of the reports right now you gave me. What do you hope a church does with all this information at the end of the day? Well, I think the biggest tra- tragedy is when a church gets information like this, <clears throat> and they don't do anything with it. Mm. Uh, so our main goal is to help every everybody that we work with create a more hospitable and welcoming environment. So if uh, if if a church leader hires us um, or a coach, sometimes coaches or consultants hire us, um, like yourselves, um, they, they may be hired to work with the church, and they see us as a tool, and they say, you know, we really want to have this information as we're working with this church, and they hire us to provide it. Um, and, our, and our goal is really to just make the Sunday morning experience excellent, to be seen through the eyes um, of a visitor, somebody new to the church. You know, there's been this, this um, you know, I think there's been this, this big shift in, in the church over the years to become much more outwardly focused and to really, you know, reach out and get outside the four walls of the church, which is a wonderful thing. But the tragedy of that is that the outside is coming in every week and people actually don't always need to get outside of the church to find somebody on church. They come in. And the tragedy is that people don't think about it in that way, and they don't plan for it, and they don't prepare for it. So our goal is to help them do that, to plan, to prepare, to be excellent in all those areas. Wow. No, and that sounds great. I, I, it sounds to me like a touchdown uh, for you and for the church is not the uh, critiquing of how everything goes, even though that's essential and important. Uh, the touchdown is if we learn this information and we do what we should do to make our church uh, open and welcoming to everyone who walks in the door, the touchdown is that person is touched by God's love, that person hears the gospel, that person uh, is introduced to a faith community that they that they find interesting and they want to hear from, they want to learn about, they want to, to observe. I think that's the touchdown. Absolutely. That's good. So, good deal. Melanie, in your opinion, who, who does the program benefit the most? Anybody who's wanting to do that, anybody who's wanting to do that. Um, it benefits, but who it benefits the most, honestly, I mean, it benefits the churches in creating that environment, but it benefits the unchurched the most, people who don't know Christ. See, that's what I, I because would... Because when they come into a church and they have an experience where they feel welcomed, they feel at home, they feel invited, they feel like there's a place that they can rest, they have a place that they can connect and go deeper and learn and ask questions... That's a, that's that kind of environment is a win for people who are on church. That's what they're looking for. See, I, I, I would. That's what I would have said. That the best 
the, the group that benefits from this the most are the people who are not in church so that we create an environment where they are open to hearing the gospel. And uh, uh, Andy Stanley made a statement at the Southern Baptist Convention a few years ago. He said, uh, don't offend them before my sermon. My sermon will offend them enough. So, <laughs> so don't, do it, don't do it before then so they don't hear the sermon that is going to be, the gospel is offensive to some. And so uh, don't, don't do it any other way. Make them have a good experience because when you hear the gospel, it's offensive, and that's that's exactly what you're talking about. Oh, that's excellent. So, absolutely. Let us walk you through some of the things that you look at, and if you don't mind, share with our churches. You know, hey, here, here's kind of what we're looking for. Even if a church were to have this list and say, the the value of someone outside of your organization doing this is just incredible, um, but kind of give them here's the things we look at. I know. You start off with directions. What do you mean by directions? Is that the is that a sign on the road? Is that on on the where, what what does that mean? What that means, Joel, is we're asking people to kind of measure community awareness. Churches want to know how well known they are in the community. How are they getting outside the four walls and connecting with the community? Are there marketing efforts, you know, into the community, letting people know that they're there for for Sunday? Um, for relationship, for mission, for opportunity? Are they creating an effective message so that, that when somebody stops at a local establishment and asks, can you tell me where Chapel Church is, um, and, and that local establishment says, yeah, you know, it's right up the road here. Or they're able to maybe offer something about the church that they know, or perhaps they're even, they're even um, already you know, a member of the church. So when we ask people to stop and ask for directions, we're asking them to stop at a local establishment. You know, it could be a gas station, a fast food restaurant, something that's in close proximity to the church. <clears throat> and we do this, again, to measure the community awareness. So, um, you know, if someone stops and they ask for direction, they just talk to an everyday person that resides in that community and just ask them about the church. So that's one of the things that we're measuring. That, <laughs> man, I'm going to be honest, I'm a little taken aback what a great idea that i've this never crossed my mind of um how you measure so really you're saying we could have 10 billboards and signs up around us that doesn't mean the community is where we exist that's right wow you know that really that really uh implies that a, a, a traditional established church can have a real leg up on the new church plant in that regard. Absolutely. Absolutely. It also speaks a lot about buzz. The more buzz a church has about what's going on, the more community awareness there will be. Um, and so, wow. So are there, are, are there certain things when you work with these churches that factor into this? that you say if it if you stopped and maybe maybe faith perceptions doesn't deal with this end of it but i know you can speak to it if if you stopped and in the mystery guest asked 20 different people have you heard of chapel church and they all 20 say no have no idea and it may be around the corner from where they're asking uh but no i've not heard of that what does that say about a church and their community awareness well, it, 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 says, it says several things. I mean, first, it's, it, it's not just about are, are you marketing effectively, but it also says, are you in the community? 
or are you just in church on Sunday morning? So when, when a church rates low in terms of community awareness, one of the things we talk to them about is what are you doing to connect with your mission field? What are you doing to make people know that you're there? How are you building relationships with people outside of your four walls? Are you waiting for them to come to you and learn about you? Or are you getting out there and getting to know people and building relationships? And we, we also look at signage, you know, in the community. Um, and, and that's kind of one of the, probably one of the next things that you asked me about. But we, we also look at, you know, signage. Churches are historic for having um, very poor signage, or, or they have signage that, that to them is effective because they've bought past it several times. They know it's there. They know where to go. And so a lot of times um, a church will not have good signage. So if they're, if they're in a, a high-traffic area where, um, you know, thousands of people drive by every day, but they don't have effective signage that's prominent or that stands out so for people to see, then people drive past it and they don't see it. Wow. So that's also one of the things that we look at. And then, as I mentioned, with marketing, um, you know, marketing is just another tool. It's not really a dirty word, but a lot of people see it that way in, 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 in the church world. And, you know, they, they find that word offensive. But honestly, it's just a way to get your message out and let people know you're there. It isn't what's going to bring people to faith. It's just a tool used to bring them in the doors to build relationships with them. Oh, that's good. Marketing is a way to get your message out. And uh, I think we've made that word, uh, as you said, a dirty word sometimes in, um, in church culture. But Jesus said, be wise as serpent, harmless as does. Get, get your message out. If I have to use a, a, a tactic that maybe a business community would use to get the message out about my church, I think I'm compelled by, the, by being a minister. My call compels me to use every tool I have in my weaponry to get the message out. And so um, that's awesome. Now, no, Randy, you're, you're still the pastor at First Baptist Tucson. Your church does a lot with this, this directions and involvement in the community, trying to get word out about your church, uh, don't you? Yes. I love what Melanie said about the relationships. Uh, that's huge. Um, we are a, a very recognizable uh, structure on one of the main thoroughfares in Tucson, um, but not everybody knows that is First Southern Baptist Church. They know it's the big red brick building with the big white columns that covers a block and all that. But it's the people that we have interacted with, uh, uh, the people that we touch base with, whether it's at Starbucks or at the store, or just doing things in the community. That is our greatest way of advertising. People refer people to us simply because uh, they say, I met this person from that church um, you want to attend. So it's a huge thing for us. That's good. That's good. One more question, Melanie, on signage. What's a what's good? What's not good? What I can hear someone asking me now: Should I have a digital sign? Should I have a billboard? Should I put "Turn or Burn" on my church sign out front? Are you rating the type or the quality of the signage, or just the quantity? Well, we're looking at just the effectiveness of the communication of it. You know, um, does it tell people that they've arrived at the right place? Does it explain to people where they should park? It, you know, are, is there special parking, you know, for, for guests maybe that is, you know, prominent and easy to see? 
um, one of the big things we see is that a lot of times a, a church has many entrances, um, and everybody that regularly attends on Sunday morning knows which entrance to go into. It's, in, it's intuitive to them, but it's not intuitive to somebody new to the church. So, you know, entrance signing, how to get into the building, where to find where the worship service is. Uh, uh, a big thing we also look at is, you know, if there's a, a kids' ministry, a children's ministry, you know, where is that? Uh, churches are historical for having uh, signs that uh, maybe are small or just non-existent that, that aren't prominent and easy for someone to see. And if, if a new parent comes to a church for the first time and they're considering taking their kids to the kids' ministry, one of the first things they look for is, where do I go? Wow. And a lot of times churches don't have signs because everybody that attends on Sunday morning already knows where to go. So, so, so what's good? Uh, the most important thing is the communication of the signs. You know, if, if you are, are putting signs in your church, look at it through the eyes of a visitor. Don't look at it through um, what you're used to. You know, I have a, a, a friend who's a consultant, and he, he always says, you know, in terms of signage, you know, you're, you're going to put up signage, and you're going to put it up, and you're going to put it up, and it's going to make sense to you when you put it up. But come back at it, you know, six months later, two years later, as your church fills and as your church grows, and think, does this still make sense to people that are brand new outside the church? Always evaluating it, always looking at it, always seeing it through the eyes of a visitor. Wow. I know some churches, they'll put up a sign that says, you know, children's ministry to the left, and they moved children's ministry six months ago but didn't take the sign down. <laughs> so, well, sure. It, we see that in renovations, too. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So it becomes like an Easter egg hunt trying to find the children's ministry because the signs are not correct. I don't know where you'll wind up at, but uh, that's a good point. Good point. Sure. And, and uh, you know, I mean, in, in, in terms of that, I mean, you know, we also see a lot of internal speak and signage. Mm. So churches will name their ministries, um, their kids' <laughs> ministry, neat, neat names like, uh, you know, just, just names that are, you know, they'll name it a number, like a 423 or, or a rainforest, or they'll call a certain room uh, uh, the porch or, or, or things like that. And those names mean something to people in the church. But when you arrive and you see a sign for the rainforest, and you don't know that what the rainforest is. What is the rainforest? Well, it's, 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 it's our children's ministry. So good. Well, you know that because you're there and you know what the children's ministry is, that somebody new to the church doesn't know what that language means. So also to be, again, thinking about your signage in terms of what you're naming things and what they mean to you and what they would mean to a visitor. Wow, that, that is so good. That is so good. Uh, okay, pre-service greeting. I, th this is where I guess you would call this is the, the people who have badges on. Is that correct in pre-service yes. greeting? That's right. Well, not, not not necessary. Did you say badges? Yes, it says official okay. greeter on their badge. I mean, is that necessary? Is that is that when we uh, talk about pre-service gre greeting? Is it the I say this tongue in cheek? The professional greeters that are supposed <laughs> yeah. to give that pre-service greeting, or who's supposed to do that? Sure. Well, anybody who's who's volunteering or designated, you know, to greet people as they as they come in the church. So somebody usually that's sta stationed at the entrance. Of the church, so when a, when a visitor um, that works for us goes to a church, they're they're seeing if there's anybody there to greet them as they come in. So um, some churches have them wear badges. Sometimes uh, sometimes not. It just it just depends. Um, so 
if somebody comes to the church and they're brand new and, and one of our mystery guests come, they, they're going to look at, was there anybody to greet me as, as I walked in the church? Did they make eye contact? Were they friendly? Did it seem sincere? If I had questions, did they answer them? So we're looking at things like that. When you, when you look at all that data that comes from those reports, to tell us what, what is probably the, the worst seeing churches make in this pre-service greeting uh, that you've seen that, that, that mystery worshipers, mystery guests have identified? I think the worst is just not being there, um, you know, not having a greet, somebody to greet people as they come in. Um, but I, I think also when you have somebody present and they don't really want to do that sort of thing, they don't really want to greet people, they don't enjoy doing that, but they do it because that's something easy. They open the door, they say good morning, they hand them a bulletin. So somebody who's not sincere in, in greeting and welcoming people, that's also something that we, we, would, we would highlight as, as a don't. Don't have people in the greeting ministry who don't want to be there, who don't like people, and who don't want to engage with people. Until next time, thank you for listening to Network. You've been listening to Network, a program dedicated to challenging believers to cast the net of the gospel. Network is a production of the Evangelism Ministries of the Georgia Baptist Convention.